a church that encourages others because um, it can change lives, honestly. Um, today I have a message on my heart. It's, a, it's actually funny because I think God's been speaking to the women about it and, and this is what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk around the, the, the topic and the, I guess I've titled it, We Belong. So it's about belonging. So that's pretty funny, isn't it? But um, <laughs> it's, it's funny because I, I, was, I was praying about this and I really had something else on my heart and then I felt God shift it to, to this. I don't know why, but now I do. <laughs> but um, I want to talk around belonging. I think it is something and it's a topic that, um, I don't know, it's, as people, we all want a sense or, or we all want a, a sense of belonging. We all want to feel like we belong to something. Um, especially in this world right now, there's so many things that you can feel like you belong to. There's so many options of going, here, come be a part of this. This is who you are. The world is there and they're trying to control and tell us how and what we should do or who and what we should be. Um, And I think that we have people in this world today that are just crying out to feel like they belong to something. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it is because of social media and the fact that we're trying to find our identity in what, what everyone says about us. Or maybe we will be trying to find our identity in how many followers we have on, on an Instagram or how many likes we get on a photo or how much affirmation we get in return for something that we've put out there. But maybe that's about it. Maybe we're trying to find where we belong because of maybe past family breakdowns. Maybe it's that you've grown up without a father and that's actually affected where and your sense of belonging and who you belong to because you've never felt like there's been someone that you could belong to. You know, I, I, I want to tell you right now, if you're in this place and, and you've, you've said in your heart that, God, I, I accept you, I believe that you are my saviour. This is for you, but I, I mean, I, I want to speak straight into this, that if that is the case, I want to tell you that you belong to Jesus. That is the great news that we have is that we belong to Jesus. And if you're sitting here today and you you go, I don't even know Jesus, I don't even believe him, that's okay. That's all right. I I hope that maybe by the end of this, that maybe you get a sense of belonging. Maybe you get a picture or a glimpse of what it is to belong to something greater than ourselves. To something with more power, with more authority than we could ever hold. And the fact that we belong to it is incredible. Um... Maybe you are sitting here and you're like, you're talking about this Jesus, you say that I belong to him. I just want to quickly do this one thing. I believe it's important to understand a little bit of who Jesus is, right? This is what the Bible literally says as, a, as an explanation of who Jesus is, right? This is what it says. It says he's the son of God. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the name above all names. He's the alpha and omega, which means he's the beginning and he's the end. He is the way, he's the truth, he's the life, he is victorious, he is the final authority, he is over all things, he is our saviour, he's our deliverer, he's our redeemer, he's our teacher, our healer, he brings freedom, he's our friend, he is prince of peace, he is our good shepherd, and he is the bread of life. There's so many other things, but that is who he is, and can I tell you, when you find out who he is, you find out who you are. It's such a, an incredible, this is what the Bible says, a few, a few verses. I'm, I just want to quickly read them. This is what it says. It says, 1 Corinthians 3.23, as you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. It's talking, it's simply just saying we are his. 
in Psalm 103, 100, verse 3. It says, you know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. It says in Romans 4, 8, if we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Can I say, the amazing thing to belonging to God, it is not this thing of sometimes our picture of the world and when someone belongs to something else, you can sometimes think of slavery. It's like, oh, I have to do this for you. I have to, that's, that is the opposite. When we belong to Jesus, it's actually not even about our flesh because he broke this. We, we were once slaves. We were once slaves. And, and what he did freed us from everything that we couldn't free ourselves from. And so what happens when we belong to him, he's actually talking about our heart. It's our heart that belongs to him because the heart is what everything flows through. So what comes into our heart will eventually come out through who we are. So what we allow into there, where we feel like we belong, will affect then what comes out of us. And it might be confusing, but simplify is that we just belong. If, if you've said, God, I want to give my heart to you, it belongs to him. And it is a great thing, but I'm going to pray and then we're going to look into this idea a bit more about belonging to Jesus, belonging to God and what we, because it's exciting. You know, we gain things. We gain blessings and promises and amazing things. And I want to look at three, three things that we actually get from the, uh, the simple thing that we belong to him. So, we're going to pray, and then we're going to get into some more. But God, I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I thank you that you are already speaking. You are, you are moving in this church, Lord. We, we pray that your spirit, it dwells here. Um, you lead us. You guide us. Let this be, let, breathe over everything that happens today. Lord, open up our mind and our heart and our eyes to, to see what you want us to see, hear what you want us to hear. In your name, we pray. Amen. Men. Um, who, who loves movies here? Everyone like movies? Now, I'm going to try and use an illustration. I think it's a fun one, but I'm going to use it as a core thing and we, just come along with me, all right? Um, I, I, in particular, I love, I love kids' movies. Well, like old ones that I grew up with. <laughs> Not really ones today. I think they're, uh, they're a bit iffy. Like. But I love Pixar movies. Does everyone know what Pixar movies are? Amen. See, thank you, Monica. I, I like that. Re- it's the best. Um, but I think for me personally, one of the greatest Pixar movies is Toy Story. Oh, Finding Nemo. No, it's not. It's not. I think it is Toy Story, right? Toy Story is unbelievable. It's just got the fourth one's just being released. Has anyone seen the fourth one? Okay. It's, it's okay. It doesn't matter. That's not relevant, but I just wanted to ask. It's, it's pretty good. It's actually incredible to see how much computer graphics has progressed from 1995 to now. Incredible. If you want to just see that alone, go and watch number four. It's pretty good. But um, <laughs> who, who's seen Toy Story? All right, en- enough of us. For those that don't, haven't seen it, I'll give you a quick summary of the first one um, or even just the idea of all of them. Is a, it's about this, um, this kid. He's got toys. His name's Andy. Andy is the owner of all these toys, right? Um, <laughs> um, but known to him, his toys actually are alive. Um, they, 
they just act like toys when he's not in the room. So they actually come to life. I don't know about you, I, I as a kid, I used to, when I was younger, I used to place all my toys on the floor, like in the middle of it. And then I'd walk out of my door and stand at the door and I'd just wait for a bit. And I'd quickly open it and see if they'd moved. And I was like, nah, oh, I think he's moved to slow that. Maybe. <laughs> I was like, can I catch him? Are they alive? No, nah, they're not alive. Okay. But that's what made me, I, I just like, hopefully my toys come to life. I don't know. But they didn't um, and they don't. They don't come to life if there's kids here. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I didn't ruin it. Hey, Santa's still, ru- no, <laughs> no jokes. I mean, maybe he is. Um, anyway, <laughs> but there's this guy. So Andy has toys and he has all, like a lot of toys. And for the, the main dog, the top dog, the sheriff is Woody. He's his favorite toy. Um, and then he has all these other toys. But there's one scene in particular where they're sitting and it's Andy's birthday and they're, they're, they've got binoculars and they're waiting to see what presents come through to see if any other toys are going to come and take their place. And, um, and one does. They, there's, this, there's this new space ranger called Buzz. He comes through and he quickly becomes Andy's new favorite toy, um, which then makes Woody jealous and he does anything he can to get in between Woody, I mean, Buzz and Andy. And um, Buzz gets confused so why he gets, keeps getting called a toy because he feels like he's a space ranger, but he's actually a toy. Um, we're going to get to the Bible soon, all right? <laughs> but I just want to give you a bit of a, a heads up. And then, so, it's all a mess until they realize it's not about who, who the favorite is or what kind of toy they are. It's about the friendship and being there for Andy. It's amazing. Um, it's a great movie. Go see it. Um, who here... So. For those that have seen it, there's one thing that Andy does. I'm actually, I've got, I got Woody here. I've got my own Woody. This is from when I was younger. He's really, he's been through the wars. He hasn't got his hat. He hasn't got his guitar. He's lonely. Um, but there's one thing that Andy does to every single one of his toys. Does, do you guys, do you know what it is? Yeah? What is it? He writes his name on the bottom of their feet. He labels them, right? He labels them. That's all I'm going to use Woody for. Sorry, Woody. Um, he might come to life on us. <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, but he writes his name on him because, it, for me, I believe that he obviously he probably thinks he's, he's a kid. He's going to lose them, all these things. But writing his name meant something. You think about it. He wrote it on there so that if someone was to find Woody, someone was to find Buzz, they'd know who it belonged to. The name on the item and the toy, it signifies this item, this belonging, belongs to, etc. I don't know, maybe when you were a kid or maybe even now, when you go to bring something, it might be a Tupperware container or it might be, I remember when I was a kid, you'd have toys and at school, like everyone else would probably have the same toy. So you had to write your name on it. So then if anyone else picked it up, they could identify whose this belonged to. So they could then return it to the owner I think the item with the name on it, it, it belongs to that person, right? And Andy writing his name on it was a sense and a sign of ownership, saying that you are mine. Um, if you want to find out who someone or something belongs to, look at, those, look at whose name is on it and where, and that will help you identify that answer. So I want to ask us a question from the start of today, um, this morning. It's a challenging question and maybe it's one to think about. You don't have to actually verbally respond to this, think about it in your heart, but I guess I'm going to ask is, whose name is on your life? Whose name are you living for? If someone was to find you, 
who would they see as your owner? It's a challenging thought, but can, see other, can, can others, if you've said, Jesus, here's my heart, I give everything to you, can others see that your life belongs to Jesus? And like I said before, it's an exciting thing because at that moment we actually do give our lives and our hearts to Jesus, we gain so much. And there's three things I want to look into that we actually, that we gain when we find that sense of belonging in Christ. The first one is we get our identity from who we belong to. You know, like it's funny because when, when Andy, when we write, when he wrote his name, when he inscribed his name onto Buzz, something happened. There was a change in Buzz, right? He went from being a regular Buzz to a Buzz belonging to Andy. It made a small difference to his outward appearance, but a big difference to who he was internally. In that moment, he was set apart from every other buzz. It wasn't that he necessarily looked different on the outside. He didn't, didn't talk different in the way he was verbally saying, but it was that he had the name. And that, ma- that made him unique. It made him him. It was who he belonged to. And, you know, as people, I think we can try and find um, our identity through, through so many things. I don't know about you, but maybe you try and find your identity from the people that you hang out with. Maybe it's how you look. Every day you get up and you go, this is who I am. What I wear, that's who I am. Maybe it's, it's the things that you're into. Maybe it's the job that you have or, or how much finances you have or maybe the, how much finances you don't have. That, that is something that you begin to identify as. I want to tell you, who you are is not defined by the clothes that you wear or how much money you have or, or don't have or how good you are at something or anything like that. You're not a sum, right, of, of what others say of you or how many likes you get or how many good comments, etc. Um, it's not even about how much you stand out from others. What makes you who you are com- comes from who you belong to. And where we, where we come from also plays a major part, role in our identity. And I, I want to say and encourage you that we belong and come from God. He designed us. He created us. And we belong to him. It says in John 1, 12, Yet to, whole, to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's our identity. We are children of God. It is written on our, his name is actually written on our heart. We get our identity from him. Some of us might even get our identity from our culture. That's a big thing. I'm not saying that's a, that's a bad thing. Our cultures are incredible. The thing is, if you find your identity from that or, or from those things or from financial situations and popularity or whatever it may be or, or, or like how good you've been, this or, the, only, the issue with finding our identity in those things is they constantly change. They are always changing. What you wear changes every day. Money, it can change. How much you've got, how much you don't have changes all the time. Sometimes your job Description changes. See, these are hard places to find our identity in because they change. See, Jesus, it says in Hebrews 3, 13, sorry, 8, I think, it says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when we find our identity in him and who he is, our identity stands strong and firm. It never changes. We never have to question it. We never have to run to something else because who he says he is is who he is. And if we give something our heart, and if we belong, 
if that's the truth and what it is, is then we gain everything that he says he is, and that is what we become. I, I want to say, we, we find out who we are when we find out whose we are. Let's identify with Jesus. The second point is we get our value from who we belong to. Um, I think we all, we all want a need to feel value, be valued. We all have a need to feel valued. We all want to matter to someone um, and feel like we're worth something. And, and I think the reality is if we, if we don't find out the truth of how valuable, how valuable we are in God, then we will go looking for it somewhere else. And the exciting and good news is, is we, can, we can actually quit searching for value from other things and from other people. Because when we truly find out how much we are worth and valued to God, it can change everything. When we belong to Jesus, our sense of belonging comes from Him. And when we see the price, this is it, this is the value bar. This is the value and how much we're worth. When we see the price He paid, we can realize how valuable we are. Funny thing about prices is like, I remember I was in London when we went on our trip and I love shoes. And uh, there's this store in London and um, for any people that know anything about shoes, I don't know, but there's some shoes that are really hard to find and this one store had like all of the shoes that are really hard to find. And I walk into it, I'm like, this is shoe heaven and this is amazing. Um, But I was with my brother and then we picked up a pair and we're like, oh, this is awesome. I haven't seen these shoes anywhere like they're so hard to find um shoes are crazy right there's a retail price and then they as soon as you buy them there's a resell price so like the value goes up a little bit about shoes but we picked up the price and we because we we're excited oh there's the shoe I, I want this and then we asked the guy how much it cost and we very quickly put it down and left because <laughs> we were like uh i don't think so i'm not paying that price i want that but I'm not, wor- I'm not willing to pay the price th- to what that is. Um, I think it's even funny in clothing lines, like in designer clothes. I don't know if anyone knows like, designer clothes. You can get two pieces of clothing and one simply has a label on it, a name on it, and all of a sudden the price goes up. The name changes everything, right? The good thing about the name that we have on our life is it actually our value has gone up. It's, it's massive. Jesus, see, we belong to him and his name is on our life. So we take the value of his name and what it holds. See, when you're buying something, its value is determined by how much someone is willing to actually pay for it. We have to give up money when we, when we want to buy something. Do you know what the Bible says? And maybe, no, here's, here's a question or something. Oh, you know how, you know the amount, the price Oh man, I wrote that really bad. I'm not going to read that. But it says in the Bible, this is what the Bible talks about, is that we were all slaves to sin, like I talked about before. That we were actually unable to pay our way out of what we were slaves to. But then Jesus, he came and what he did on that cross, what he paid for us, freed us of that. So when God went to buy us back, he didn't just use... God didn't just use some extra cash that he had or something. He didn't go and take a loan out and go, oh, I need this much because I've got a group of people that are like in a lot of trouble and <laughs> let's put a price on it. No, he actually loves us so much he paid for it with his own blood. 
There is nothing in this world more valuable than that. It says in 1 Peter 1, 18 to 19, for you know that it is it was not your perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from, the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or detect. And since it was traded for you, it was done for us. When I think of that, it makes me think that in the reality of that is that we are the most valuable and the most expensive item in history. That's our value. He bought us at a high price. You ever want to know how much you're valued? Just look at the cross. He doesn't have to do another thing. He doesn't have to do one more thing except for what he did on that cross. And that was enough to make us the most valuable thing on this earth. And so when words and opinions and actions make you feel cheap, and the enemy tries to remind you of the mistakes and your past, tries to convince you you're worthless. It sounds corny, but tell him to check the receipt of, how, of, what, of what Jesus paid, of the cost that he paid. Tell the enemy to check the receipt and what he did for every single one of us, whether you believe in him right now or whether you don't. He still did it for you. It says that he came for everyone. And what he did on that cross was for everyone. And so that value is for everyone. I love it because what it does is the grace of God levels out the playing field. You may look in our worldly eyes at others and go, well, he's more valuable than me because he does this. She's more valuable than me because she does that. Or he's not because he's there. But the grace of God levels out the playing field. What he did on that cross levels it out and goes, no, you are no more valuable than your brother. You are no less valuable than your brother. You are the same because of what I did. And because of what I did, there's no excuse. So your price was paid and your, your value comes from who you belong to. Our identity and our value. And the last one is we get our purpose from who we belong to. So we get our identity, we get our value, and I think it flows from that. When you don't have an identity and when you don't feel valued, you don't feel like you have purpose. It's, it's so evident in life that I know for myself there's times where when I'm questioning who I am, when I'm questioning if, if I'm ever going like, whoa, whoa am, I, just, I can never think clearly to then go do or be something or do something effective or positive on this earth. I feel like I don't have a purpose. But when I really find those first two out of our identity and our value, then we realize that our purpose also comes from who we belong to. So not only do we find our purpose in them, we find out the why we are here. And the why becomes more clear. I want us to watch a video of Toy Story. It's a scene um, and I'll quickly explain about it after. But if you've got the, the video, that would be sick. It's really bad quality. It's quite bad quality as well, so. Oh, Buzz, you've had a big fog. You must not be thinking clearly. No, Woody. For the first time, I am thinking clearly. You were right all along. I'm not a space ranger. Just a toy, a stupid little insignificant toy. Whoa, hey, wait a minute. Being a toy is a lot better than being a, a space ranger. Yeah, right. No, it is. Look, over in that house is a kid who thinks you are the greatest, and it's not because you're a space ranger, pal. It's because you're a toy. You are his 
toy. But why would Andy want me? Why would Andy want you? Look at you! You're a Buzz Lightyear! Any other toy would give up his moving parts just to be you. You've got wings! You glow in the dark! You talk! Your helmet does that, that, that whoosh thing. You are a cool toy. As a matter of fact, you're too cool. I mean, I mean, what chance does a toy like me have against a Buzz Lightyear action figure? All I can do is... There's a snake in my boots! Why would Andy ever want to play with me when he's got you? I'm the one that should be strapped to that rocket. Listen, Buzz, forget about me. You should get out of here while you can. Buzz, what are you doing? I thought you... Come on, Sheriff. There's a kid over in that house who needs us. Now let's get you out of this thing. Hey, how's uh, the kids? How are you? There you go, Ezra. I see you got a Toy Story cup. Um, <laughs> no more buzz. Sorry. But our purpose and what I see from this is, is um, there's at times, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I'm, or I, I, I can sometimes feel like I'm better than I actually am. If that sounds weird. Maybe it's arrogance. Maybe it's those times, but in those moments, I then quickly realize through the fact that what I think I can do on my own, I, I very quickly realize I can't. Brings me back to reality. But what I love about that scene is I think the turning point comes when on da- it dawns on Buzz, he's not just a toy, he's Andy's toy, right? You're not just a person, you're God's child. You are ch- we are children of God. He found his purpose when he realized who he belonged to. His life and his destiny became all about Andy. Our life and our destiny is all about God. We can too have Buzz's perspective and think the world is all about us and, and realize in the me perspective, we do it alone, like I just said, and, and for ourselves... Eventually, we, we realize there's still a void that needs to be filled. And we're living for us, and it means we create our own purposes. And because we are not perfect on our own, like I said, we, we fall so quickly. And there's a sense of then we, we question, then we begin to question, well, what's, who am I? Or what am I supposed to do? But when we realize that when we give our hearts to Jesus, when we give our lives and say, God, this is yours, 
that just in that, our purpose is in serving Him. Our purpose is all about God. Where you want me to go, God, I will go. What you want me to do, God, I will do. And you know what the good thing about that is? It's not limited or restricted in a title of what your job is. It's just an everyday thing. I get up and I go, today, God, what do you want me to do? And I'm going to do it. That's my purpose. Today, God, who, where you, want me to, who you want me to be with, I'll be with. That's my purpose. And it's something we can all do. It's something that we all do. It's, it's when we give our hearts, it's a change. There's a heart change. There's a, there's a major heart change. Because I believe we find our purpose in who we belong. And we belong to Jesus. And when we begin to, like I said, we give our lives to God, we'll do whatever he wants us to do. And God is so good, he saved us, but he also gives us a purpose and a destiny for our lives. He says it in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. There's desires in our hearts. It says that the desire, God puts the desires in your hearts. Everything that's in your heart that you feel like you want to do, God's put it there for a reason and for a purpose. And he has plans for every single one of us. So imagine if we were a church that understood a people that was like, I belong to Jesus. He's everything. I find my value. I find my identity. I find my purpose in him. And that's enough to sustain me for life. I don't have to go searching. I don't have to listen to the negative things that the world wants to throw my way. But I can stand firm in the cross. I can stand firm in what he's done and know that my life is to serve him. Sounds selfish. Why would I help others? Because of what he's promised us back. He wants to give us a hope and a future. He, he doesn't want to harm us. He, he's got plans to prosper us. God is not an angry, bad God that goes, serve me. You belong to me. He, you, are, you are mine. Everything, every, every heart thing that we desire is from him. And I promise you, there's things in your life you desire and they are good things. Because you find that when you belong to him. It says in, in 1 Peter 2.9, we, we are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that we may declare his pra- the praises of him who called you out of darkness into a wonderful light. If I could get the, the team up, um, I'm literally, I just want to finish really at that, that spot right there. I don't know about you today, you might be sitting here and, and you may be of dealing with this sense of belonging. It might even be just one of those things. Like I was saying, maybe it's your identity. You're going, I don't know who I am. Maybe it's your value. I don't feel like I'm worth much. Maybe it's your purpose. You go, I get up and I don't know what I'm living for. I want to tell you tonight, it's through a relationship with Jesus. We've been talking about it for weeks. It's a walk with Jesus. I don't believe that there's an instantaneous thing that when you give your heart to God, you gain every knowledge of Him and everything about Him and all of a sudden life gets perfect. What I do believe is that every day when we begin to realize who we belong to and that where our identity comes from and our value comes from and our purpose comes from, then we can live lives for Jesus. And we no longer have to search in places that will not actually sustain us or fill us. We can search to the greatest source of all time. We can find what we need from the greatest source that we've ever had.
If we could stand in this place, that would be awesome. And all I want us to do, all I want—I just want us to pray and worship, right? But I also want to ask quickly: if there's anyone in this room today that you, you've been listening and you've been standing and you're going, I want to belong to something greater than myself. I've been trying to find all these things on my own. I've been trying to search for these things. And I don't care how old you are. That's the other thing. That does not qualify or disqualify you. Your age. No, no, no. You might be here and you go, I'm, I'm this age and I still feel like I don't belong. That's all right. Today is not too, it's never too late. Today is the day. Maybe you're young. Maybe you're a child and you go, you know what? I want to belong to something greater than I am. This is amazing. I find my purpose. I find my value. I find my identity in Christ. And if that's you tonight, I just want... I want us to worship. And if that's you, right now, actually, actually right now, I'm going to ask us to do something. If you say, I want to, I, I want to belong to Jesus, I want to give my heart and everything I have to the Lord. If that's you, I'm going to open up this altar and, and if, if you want just to take a step of, of boldness, take a step of faith and go, that's me. I, I'm sick of trying to find my value. I'm sick of trying to find all these things on my own. I want to take a step of faith and go, God, I, I give everything I've got to you. I no longer want to try on my own. There will be this, this change, I promise you. I can't promise you how it's going to look or what it's going to be, but there will be a shift. Sometimes there requires a step of faith when there's change. God requires us to go out and actually outwardly represent what He's doing. So that's you. As we worship, we're going to worship. And, and as we do, I'm going to invite you. Take a step forward and we're going to come and we're going to pray for you. So... I'm going to pray right now and then we're just going to worship. And, and if you go, I, I want some prayer, I want to feel like this, then I just want to encourage you to take a step out and come down the front. And we're going to stand around and pray and, and stand with you. It's an exciting thing. It's a good thing. So God, I thank you for your amazing love. I thank you for your amazing grace. I thank you that we can find our value and our purpose in you alone. And Lord, as we begin to worship, as we begin to direct our heart and our eyes back onto you, Lord, I ask that things shift, things change, things break, just because our eyes are set on the rock on who you are. So God, I thank you in your name we pray. Amen.